Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going fantastic. Today's a big day and a very exciting episode for us. Yeah, this is a big episode. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so hopefully we can get through all of it. Please check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. But before we get into anything today, we have a very big announcement to make. Uh, we kind of teased it on the last episode, and we want to talk to you a little bit about you know, Patreon and such. Uh, we have come so far in such a short time and are so thankful to all of our listeners for tuning in and interacting with us. We have worked hard every single day to create this content and stay consistent with what we do because we love this game. A lot of people have asked us for more content and that is something we want to do, but unfortunately, recording is a bit of an expense for us. Uh, we've both already invested hundreds of dollars into building this podcast thus far. Patreon is our next step in order to grow the podcast and allow us to keep doing this and take steps that we want to in the near future. Uh, we love playing Apex and talking about it, and with your help, we believe that we can go full-time and bring you all the Apex content your heart desires. Yeah, and Patreon's a crowdsourcing platform where you guys, uh, all of our listeners, can help support us. We do not want to ask you guys for money, though, uh, with nothing extra in return, as a lot of other Patreon platforms do. And so in return, you would receive a bunch of exclusive rewards. Uh, we've stacked up a lot of bonus content in there and would love for you all to check it out in the episode description below. But what are these bonuses you'll be getting? That's a great question some listener is probably asking right now. First and foremost, there will be multiple different levels you can contribute to and the rewards will be determined based upon which level you choose. The first tier is what uh, we're most excited about. And if you subscribe to this tier, you will receive two extra podcasts a month, a private discord where you can chat directly with us and fellow patrons, along with monthly video hangouts and the ability to vote on podcast topics. All of this and more at the cost of just a cup of coffee once a month for Shay and I. Yeah, that is just the base tier though. And the higher level you subscribe to, the more fun benefits you can get, such as playing with us, exclusive merch, or even getting a weapon from the game signed by us. Check out the page to see every exclusive benefit that we are offering, along with the goals that you can help us hit, such as streaming or eventually creating a video podcast. It's honestly so cool how much we've put into the Patreon, and if you are at all interested, please give it a look in the description and reach out with any questions you have. We hope to see you all there, and the last thing I will say is that this is not going to impact any of the content we are currently putting out. This is just all bonus. Yeah. Thank you, third partiers. We love you 3000. It's been an absolute joy to start and create this podcast. And this is just something that we're really excited to take the next steps on. And hopefully you guys will check out the Patreon in the description below. It'll also be linked up in the Instagram as well. Uh, please just give us all your thoughts and it would mean the world to see you guys there. With that though, let's get into the reviews for the day. First review is coming from GW1. It's a five-star review. Amazing job. You guys shed a lot of good light on Apex and make some concepts easier to understand. Keep up the good work. Maybe add some content on specific groups or classes of legends such as support, assault, defense, etc. 
Thanks so much for the review, GW. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really nice. This is really a, kind of about your question on what we should add to content. This is kind of what we were attempting to do for Mastering the Legends, kind of breaking down uh, the different classes, uh, like you're saying. We've already done Gibraltar and Caustic, the Fortified Defenders, and we recently did the Support Legends with Loba and Lifeline. So I, we love this kind of content, and yeah. we're definitely going to continue to do that. For sure. Check out the Patreon and vote on the exclusive uh, episodes. Word. <laughs> Next review is coming from AG35789. Five-star review. Hi, all. Wraith and Loba Main here. Been playing Apex since launch, but had no idea a podcast was going strong. Love the legend breakdowns and tips. I immediately told my two other buddies who also play with me regularly, and they both subscribed immediately. Keep up the great work. Appreciated. Yeah, if you're listening, you got to tell your squad mates about this podcast. We got to keep this community growing. And it's so awesome to hear that, you know, word of mouth is actually uh, spreading a little word bit. Shay's always making fun of me because whenever we play with randoms, I always try to squeeze in the yeah. fact that, hey, we got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's like the, that's the main marketing platform is just dropping in with random people. So funny. Last review for the day is coming in from aceboogie1997, five star. Shout out to these dudes for making my transition to Apex seamless. I've never played a shooter before Apex, so I'm behind the average player. Thanks to the analysis on the rankings episode, I have learned so much about the legends and their abilities. 10 out of 10 with two exclamation points because he's hyped. I love this. This is a really nice review. Thanks, Ace, so much. And, you know, it just, I think that it's really nice that what we're talking about can help people a little bit mm-hmm. like these breakdowns they they take some time we really like talking about them but it's nice to hear that people are listening and learning a little bit yeah it's much appreciated it means the world to us guys uh, but with that though let's jump into the news for the day so first piece of news is that ea is reporting that apex legend season 5 is quote-unquote off to the best start of any season to date with the highest player retention for a season launch with players playing for longer periods of time per day than ever before Let's go Apex. This is a big win. Uh, Definitely very exciting. We saw a lot of positive metrics uh, across the board. Um, This is awesome. You know, I think they've really nailed this content and it's tough to kind of say, was this shutdown good or bad for Mm -hmm. Respawn and Apex? Um, Not that like a global pandemic can ever be good. But <laughs> way to squeeze that in there. Good recovery. <laughs> they had to work remotely, right? So like content had to be cut somewhere. And, yeah. You know, we saw we didn't get a full brand new map. We didn't get a weapon. Even but delayed launch time, as well. Like, yeah. And so despite all that, to still see a huge increase in a very successful launch. That's awesome. Season five is freaking badass. And it's so fun. To it's play so right good now. right now. And the biggest part of that is what Shay is always saying about balancing. Legend balancing is pretty much better than it's ever been, and that's what makes the game really enjoyable. I love legend balancing. Next piece of news is coming from the official Respawn website, and it's a new job listing, and it essentially confirms that there will be new maps in the future. So the job responsibilities for the listed role include creating and owning large-scale multiplayer maps and champion a gameplay first mentality while helping realize the creative vision for taking players to new worlds. Whoa. We dig pretty deep to find this news. I might have been like refreshing that job page for a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, this is just cool. Like, we've talked about new maps a lot and we'll probably talk about it again soon as we hear more leaks and rumors. Um, but this is awesome that they're really looking to 
you know, as they're doubling the size of the Apex workforce, really focus on those new maps. We've had teases already. So it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah, I love this. And new maps and just growing Apex is definitely something that we're just ecstatic about. Um, Yeah, we have our bets, but uh, we're excited to see what comes next. Yeah. And the last piece of news is coming from Josh Medina and Apex Dev on Twitter. Uh, He mentioned that adjustments to the gold knockdown shield are coming to the game. Uh, This was in response to a lot of competitive players talking about how uh, late game uh, gold knockdown shields are impacting placement points and kill points in a very negative way. Like they're rushing into these final circles, wiping full squads in the final circle, uh, but they'll end up getting third place and not getting their kill points because of gold knockdown shields. Uh, And so they're really taking some serious hits because of it. And when, you know, these players are playing for thousands of dollars, this is a big deal. And, you know, we always have kind of said that the knockdown shield is uh, not the best gold item to have. And so it'll be cool to see if they turn the gold knockdown shield into something that is not just good for competitive play in that way, but also something that for just casual pubs will be more interesting and more useful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of showcasing here what Josh is saying that it's used completely differently in competitive almost. Yeah. Like not necessarily on purpose, but mm-hmm. it just has much larger effects when you're playing for that placement and there's money on the line. Uh, but the average player probably doesn't think that the gold knockdown is that good. Uh, yeah. But it could be super cool to see changes to this. And to date, we've already seen a lot of changes to gold items. Definitely. Gold armor going from uh, when it would recharge your shields if on you did that execution, execution but yeah. you couldn't even cancel that. So <laughs> oh my the finishers goodness. were tough. Uh, to now when it kind of doubles the health from cells and syringes much different yeah the good old days man uh with that though we're going to talk a little bit about the apex legends global series and so apex legends global series number six uh aired out on sunday and we watched pretty much every every round europe and america it's really awesome to watch i would really recommend checking it out if you guys don't um seeing some of the best players in the game play and the absolute sweatiest lobbies you'll ever imagine is something interesting. And the first big kind of thing to pull from this is that we were hoping that there were going to be some meta changes in that ranked competitive scene. And unfortunately, there were not. Uh, we saw the addition of three caustic players out of 120 players. And it just wasn't really, you know, uh, very apparent that things were changing any, at all. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the changes to Pathfinder and Gibraltar, people thought that there would be a, a shift uh, to the meta, and there was, uh, but not the case in this pro level. Yeah. Pretty much everything is still fixed at Watson, Wraith, Pathfinder, and Gibraltar. Um, interesting to see. Yeah. You know? Watson is literally essential. Like, yeah. in these competitive games, it's very interesting to see, like, that ultimate honestly controls games and i love the thought that you were telling me earlier was that like this game is played like what team can get their watson to final circle yeah. and it's just so interesting because like of how they're played and uh, if you watch the series like you'll it'll really open your eyes because there'll be 18 19 squads left in round four and you know nobody's trying to move nobody wants to be the team that pushes out and leaves and so it's just a very interesting type of gameplay. I don't know what could really switch up anything out of that at all. Yeah, right now, you know, we definitely see that um, about half the teams 
uh, still are rolling with the Pathfinder essentially yeah. for that survey beacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are big fans of the survey beacon. We've put, you know, a ton of value on it on the podcast. We speak very highly of it. We're excited if it comes to other legends. Um, but when you get into these like global series and circles where it's, you know, round six, round eight, that survey beacon is less helpful, I guess, to kind of eliminate that RNG mm-hmm. for those end fights just because they get so dang small. You can't really predict it with the survey beacon because yeah. there's not enough survey beacons. Um, but definitely interesting to see that the meta still not changed. Um, some fun things, though, out of the global series mm-hmm. was on World's Edge, we got to see some fun train rides. Oh, man, that um, was so cool. That was kind of a highlight for us. Uh, a team rode the train uh, through the ring, uh, and it was uh, pretty awesome to see some fights there too. Yeah. And, you know, looking at kind of just like how these pros play this game and, you know, what guns they use, the big value I think that Henry and I took away from this was that the wingman and shotguns are valued incredibly high, partially because they don't need to carry as much ammo for those guns. Um, you saw a lot of people carrying the wingman over the hemlock because essentially uh, you're going to be able to do a lot more damage with a lot less bullets for the wingman. And looting in general is not valued as much in this global series. Like if you, you know, wipe a team, you're not looting those boxes. You're just preparing so for the next team. It's interesting to see. It's like, very weird. At this level of competition, it's completely different than ranked. There is no looting. And something that's kind of just in the structure of the game is at this pro level, people drop separately and they do not fight off drop. They are completely like have an agreement that we're going to loot one area. Everybody gets their own area. And then what you get is what you got for the game. Like if Mm -hmm. your whole team gets blue armor, that's considered very good. Doesn't happen to everybody. Um, And for that reason, I thought it was very interesting to see you know, there is an emphasis for wingman. There's an emphasis for R9, but players use what they got. And yeah. you'll see snipers being used, all of them. You'll with see, those scopes, like with the big scopes. scopes being used. You don't see that in ranked. You don't see that in pubs. So it's, it's just really yeah. different. A lot of these guys, they if they can get that Evo armor, that's huge because they will just take that charge rifle and all game you can just poke people and then they just hopefully have red by end circle. It's really interesting. And you know, Henry and I kind of like after watching this tried to go pretty hard in ranked and uh, we played Watson, Caustic, Wraith or Watson, Gibraltar, Wraith, you know, just yeah. kind of trying out these pro uh, combos. And, you know, we did not go negative very often. No. Like even if you don't uh, get a lot of points, you'll still get top three pretty easily if you're playing smart and ranked and moving to those final circles and really emphasizing positioning over everything. Yeah, I think the last thing to kind of wrap up the Global Series is it was really fun. It was really exciting. It's so cool to see this game played at you know, a completely different level uh, than anything else. But we'd love to see other legends come into this meta. You yeah. know, it'd be great to see a more well-rounded, healthy meta, potentially introducing Crypto, maybe even Revenant because he has such a unique kit, mm-hmm. and even Mirage. I mean, at this level, if you can add seven people to your squad could help at the pro level. So it could be. With that though, let's kind of dive into the main topic for the day. And that's, we kind of want to talk about slept on weapons in Apex. And so what we essentially mean is everybody knows that the R99, 
the R301, the Wingman, you know, Peacekeeper, Devotion, those guns are all amazing. Those are the guns, you know, you want to carry into those end games and those final circles, uh, but you don't always find those. And we really want to talk about the guns that, you know, you don't see people using as much, but that can be effective and how to be effective with them and how they're just more common. You'll end up with these games, uh, these guns a lot. And knowing like this information about them, I think you'll hopefully at the end of this segment be able to go into, you know, fights with your RE45 a little bit more confidently uh, than you would have beforehand. And so Henry broke these down into three categories and we kind of tiered them out. Uh, You know, we might have different uh, ideas of what a slept on weapon is from you guys. Uh, We really looked at a slept on weapon as just a gun that, you know, when we talk about it on social media and we see other people talking about it, it does not seem to be a well-known thing. And so with that, we're going to get into tier one. And the first gun is the Havoc. And so this is one that we've kind of been trying to push for a while now is that it should not be a slept on weapon. This gun is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to let Henry give you kind of the stats behind the Havoc before we talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. So first things first, like season four, the Havoc was completely ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Um, And the recoil was just not really there. Season five, nothing has changed. I mean, you can have your own personal opinion about the changes to the recoil that they made, but they are so slight and they made no changes to the rate of fire or the damage or the charge up time. So this weapon is extremely good. Before we dive into like the really hard numbers, I really like this weapon because it doesn't need attachments. Oh, definitely. That's my favorite part about it. Like it we were just playing a game. Extended yeah, yeah. We were just playing a game where like I think either you or the teammate went down whatever and we respawned and then there's a havoc there and you're immediately in a fight with a havoc compared to if you drop out of that drop ship and you get a naked r9 you're at a slight disadvantage that havoc like with no attachments is still one of the best guns in the game in my opinion at this point it's a havoc with an extended energy mag because that was a thing and a turbocharger yeah so it's just incredibly good doesn't have a barrel stabilizer doesn't have um, that extended mag. So it's just a really nice weapon to pick up. Overall, it's got a 32 shot mag size. Um, the reload is something that you've probably felt if you've picked mm-hmm. up this gun before. Um, it has a 3.2 second reload, which is incredibly long. Um, this definitely helps to balance this weapon, uh, to be completely honest. Um, it always reloads at 3.2 seconds, no matter yeah. if uh, the clip is all the way empty or what. But The thing to showcase here is the damage per second is 201.6. Absolute powerhouse, Mm -hmm. uh, this weapon. Um, Really incredible. The shots per second is 11.2, or we won't really focus too much on this, but with the single fire, uh, with the select fire attachment on the Havoc, um, the shots per second is 1.7. I love love the single fire havoc, especially with the Evo armor. And it's so good at, you know, like I I like to carry the R301 and the R9, you know, to get that R400 lineup. But since the removal of Anvil, you kind of lose a little bit at range with the R301. And the havoc really offers the versatility of close range, great gun, medium range, great gun. And at longer range, you could even throw a two to four side on there and it's going to be effective. Yeah, and it's really nice to be able to transition with that select fire. Yeah. You know, this this is a slept on weapons episode. 
this is kind of a slept on hop up for this slept on weapon. Yeah. Um, because with that single fire, you can do 62 damage a shot. Mm-hmm. When if you're comparing that to other snipers or even the wingman at range, that's starting to really keep up with the damage output for those, uh, you know, longer range weapons. Definitely. Um, but moving forward to kind of the most important thing, uh, the time to kill for the Havoc is 12 body shots. And so what this is based on is for all the weapons this episode, uh, I only calculated body shots, so you don't have to be hitting your headshots. Um, but if you're hitting them in the chest and uh, they have 200 health, so they have purple armor, uh, the time to kill with the Havoc is 12 body shots, and that can be done in 1.48 seconds. Now, that's great. What's really great about this is because of the Havoc's clip size and rate of fire, you only have to be 37.5% accurate to one clip somebody. That's crazy. What that essentially means is if you only have to be 37.5% accurate, at close range, you can pretty much be close to 100% accurate and almost knock three people, all with purple armor. You can go off with this gun. That's incredible. It's a crazy gun. That is a ton of damage. If you're able to every second do 200 damage, you can spray down entire teams with this gun. Um, And with that accuracy, it's very forgiving. You know, Mm -hmm. you have 32 shots. All you need is 12 body shots to knock somebody. Um, Even though it has that charge up time, it's still able to compete just by the sheer damage output yeah and when it comes to using the havoc i would just say you know we like to say and don't hesitate to shoot like yeah really use that trigger um because once you get it charged up it does not take a lot of shots and a lot of time to kill anybody like i'm saying and really like even if you're not hitting those first couple because of the startup time don't unscope and re-aim just kind of hold it and just keep going and you know, inside close range hip fire, it can be really deadly as well. Yeah. And that kind of sounds like silly advice to just kind of spray and pray. But (laughs) honestly, it's necessary to control that recoil. Like that is how you control Havoc recoil. It's not by, you know, touching the sticks like on the R9. Yeah. Um, It's very much like committing. The more you shoot, the easier the recoil gets. Facts. Next gun for this little tier one is the Sentinel. So the bolt action sniper rifle uh, with the adjustment most recently in the secret patch notes that nobody talked about and that you can use shield cells instead of shield batteries. Uh, this has one been one of our favorite sniper rifles to use. Um, and so I'll let Henry give you the stats again for this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, snipers for us are really tough just because we are not conventional snipers. You know, we don't really stay at long range and just mm-hmm. keep peppering people unless, you know, we're trying to charge up the Evo. Um, And so having a sniper to kind of start off a fight can be extremely valuable uh, to crack somebody for, you know, a lot of damage and then rush in with the secondary weapon. Um, But the breakdown for the Sentinel is that the mag size can vary from four to seven bullets. um, And the reload is going to be two and a half seconds for the tactical and 3.6 for the full. Um, So, you know, quite a big uh, reload and the time in between the bolt action is also quite a delay but overall uh, the damage per second is 70 so you can pretty much expect uh, a shot for 70 to be on a normal legend low profile no uh, fortified yeah Um, and then the shots per seconds is 0.57 so you can't even get one shot off in a second Mm -hmm. essentially 
Uh, so it's a very slow weapon. Um, it's hard to kind of rattle off multiple shots with the Sentinel uh, quickly. But that being said, the time to kill is three body shots. Interesting, because it's hard to break down the Sentinel because mm -hmm. of this interesting disruptor. But let's just say that if you hit one headshot, you drop it down to only two shots required to get a knock at full armor. Yep. It's still a pretty slow time to kill with 3.6 seconds because of the time in between shots. Um, but kind of to go off the numbers a little bit, disruptor rounds, if charged up, take off people's armor completely. It doesn't matter if it's purple or red, it's all gone. And that is really incredible. If you can start a fight with taking somebody's armor off entirely, even if it's red, so 125 damage, that is extremely good. The timing doesn't necessarily matter at that point. Mm -hmm. um, this is, you know, the slowest shock or the slowest sniper. Um, but being able to have that disruptor is something that is slept on and something that we really want to bring attention to just because the disruptors are so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this gun is most effective, honestly, though, when you are either peppering people at long range to either, you know, up your damage or up that Evo shield. Uh, but the really, really good players that I see using the Sentinel use it at midi medium range. They'll crack somebody, disruptor or not disruptor, so either hit them for 100 or 70. And then if you take somebody with 70, you swap to that R9, finish them off. Easy. It's just like a quick, quick little clip there. And, you know, people drop very easily because of the Sentinel. High skill cap gun, uh, but, you know, it really has some opportunities to shred people. Yeah. And, the longbow is not a slept-on sniper by any means. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely the favorite. Uh, but to compare the Sentinel to it is kind of interesting. Uh, the longbow has almost twice the shots, uh, essentially. It has a 6 to 12 shot mag size. The reload is actually slower on the longbow slightly, mm -hmm. um, which is something uh, to keep in mind. Uh, but the damage per second kind of just barely edges out uh, the Sentinel at 71.5 compared to 70 on the Sentinel. Uh, but the shots per second is, I think, what makes uh, this the dominant sniper. Along with the ability to throw the skull piercer on there as well. Yeah, the fact that you can put out more than double the shots uh, mm -hmm. in the amount of time just means that you don't have to be, you know, really lucky with the shots. Um, you can kind of be at a longer range, take more risk. Um, but I think that's kind of the main thing. Uh, time to kill is still, you know, a little higher with the longbow with four body shots just because it only does uh, 55 to the body compared to 70 on the Sentinel. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact that, you know, those longbow headshots are very valued, um, I think is the meta right now for snipers. But very hard to compare a longbow with the skull piercer uh, to a Sentinel with disruptors yeah. to be able to take off somebody's full armor without the need to hit a headshot mm -hmm. is something that is slept on in this game. Definitely. You can hit somebody in the body for 125 and it's easy. Mm -hmm. You have to get a gold attachment for the longbow in order to do com comparable damage and you have to hit a headshot. Yeah. It's very hard to not give some love to the Sentinel. Definitely giving love to the Sentinel. Uh, the longbow is a great weapon as well in that, you know, quicker shoot time gives you a little bit more room for error yeah and i think that's why people favor it in general but you know for the really really uh confident snipers out there uh, that sentinel that sentinel can really uh do some damage the next slept on gun we have is another sniper or maybe a shotgun however you want to look at it and that Fair is point. the triple take 
it's an energy sniper originally and now it's in that sniper ammo uh, uh category and it's a three shot spread sniper zero bullet drop on this gun which is absolutely awesome and with the choke you know you can really shorten that spread and do a lot higher the damage so let's give henry the platform to give us the stats again for sure for sure so you know there's been a lot of talk and you know experience with the choke recently in season five now that the pk has transitioned uh, to a care package weapon um, i definitely think that they will decrease the drop rate of the tro- choke uh, even more than maybe they already did just because now it's the only weapon that can go on uh, the triple take mm-hmm. so that being said Triple take has to be up here and, you know, a tier one slept on weapon because it does 86 and a quarter damage per second, much higher than both the longbow and the sentinel. Definitely. Very interesting. Now, that being said, that's accounting for if you hit all three shots of the triple take. Which is hard to do. Which is hard to do. Less hard to do with the choke. But work with us here a little bit. (laughs) Pretty much the triple take uh, shots per second is 1.25, which is very comparable to the longbow at Mm -hmm. 1.3. And you have those three different shots that are very forgiving. You are going to be hitting shots with the triple take when people are running, uh, when they're, you know, far away. And then being able to kind of almost hip fire this weapon close close quarters. Yeah. The triple take has a place in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a weapon to be slept on uh, because it actually can do damage. That's very similar to the other snipers. Um, it doesn't have that bullet drop off, and it has that kind of hybrid functionality of being able to do far range and close range. So, I love the triple take personally. It's such a fun weapon to use. Yeah, and you know, just because, like you said earlier, you and I don't. I uh, run with the snipers quite often. And so if I do have to pick up a sniper and I don't have the skull piercer or something, it's very nice to have that uh, versatility with the triple take. There's been a lot of times where I've uh, had to swap to it and hip fire and gotten the kill where I'm sure I would not have been able to do that with the Sentinel or the longbow. Yeah, and this is not a sniper episode. Uh, I think we're done with the snipers now. But they're just so good. Yeah. They're so good. They're fun. The next gun, this should not be a slept on weapon. But from everybody that we've talked to on the Instagram, it seems to still be. So we're going to try and make the announcement again. And that is possibly the best SMG in the game. And that is the Prowler. So five round burst SMG heavy gun. Uh, it's been one of our favorite guns for the absolute longest time now. Um, you know, select fire to give it to that full auto function. This is just like that gun that I'm looking for most games that I play. I'm looking for this or the R9. And a lot of people don't even put those guys in the same category. And that is something that Henry is about to shed some fun stats on to kind of tell you a little bit about. Yeah, this is a big time weapon, you know, and we're about to drop some numbers and set the facts straight, (laughs) uh, to be honest with you. That's what it takes because nobody's listening to just our opinions on that one. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, stacking up the Prowler, uh, the mag capacity goes from 20 to 35 with a purple extended mag. Yep. That's a big clip size for an SMG. Reload time hurts a little bit on the Prowler at two seconds for a tactical reload, which means you still have bullets in the clip, or 2.6 seconds for a full reload. The damage per second is 165 with the burst and 195 full auto. 
Beautiful. Very nice filato. Mm-hmm. Now, the shots per second is a bit confusing, but essentially it does 20 shots per second in burst mode. If you include the delay in between those five round bursts, it gets dropped down to 11. If it's in full auto mode, the shots per second is 13. Mm-hmm. So essentially the takeaway from that is when it's in that five round burst mode, you're putting out bullets faster, but you have a delay in between those bursts. Yeah. So the, the damage per second is kind of complicated to look at, um, but it is 165 damage per second for burst and 195 for full auto. Now the interesting stuff. The time to kill is 14 body shots. With 200 health, purple uh-huh. armor. That's going to be the assumption for all of these, just a reminder. And that's at 0.95 burst or one second in full auto. And that is a lot. Like that is a really short time to kill um, and pretty valuable. Um, the range of this is, you know, same as shotguns and SMGs and pistols mm-hmm. at 1500 pixels. Um, this is definitely something that's comparable. Yeah. And I think to really put it in perspective, comparing it to the R9 is key because that's really the closest competition, but nobody looks at it as so is the interesting part. Yeah. And I think the craziest number that I have kind of created today and found is that with that 14 body shots for to do 200 damage to somebody, mm-hmm. that requires 40% accuracy with a purple mag. So if you have to hit 14 shots and you have 35 in the mag, you only have to be 40% accurate to one clip somebody. Yeah. That's really impressive because when we look at the R99, although it has a very, very similar damage per second at 198 compared to the 195, reload speed is better at 1.8 seconds compared to 2 seconds, but still very comparable. Mag size gets hurt a lot on the R99 only going up to 27 compared to 35 in the Prowler. An eight bullet difference, quite big. Mm-hmm. And then the time to kill requires 19 body shots in about one second. So the time to kill is one second, whether you're doing R99 or the Prowler full auto, but it takes five extra shots with the R9 and you have a smaller clip. So when you break this down to what the accuracy requirement is, you have to be 70% accurate with the R99 in order to one-clip somebody. Prowler, much more forgiving at only 40% accurate. Yeah, Prowler's an amazing gun, and I'm one of the biggest R99 fans out there. Like, that's the gun I run a whole ton. But these guys should be in the same conversation. Yes, you need a select fire on that Prowler to see incredible, incredible success compared to the R99, but it still shouldn't be slept on in that five-round burst mode at all. And, you know, your R99, for a lot of people to see success with it, you're going to need a purple mag. And those are pretty hard to find. And you're going to need that purple barrel as well, which are hard to find as well. Um, so I really, really, really love the Prowler. And I hope that that data kind of shed some light on that for you guys, because I think it's one of the best guns in the game, personally. That accuracy is pretty much what kills it for me. You know, yeah. they have the same time to kill. Even though the reload speed is a bit slower on the Prowler, the fact that you only have to hit 40% of your shots compared to 70% of your shots means that it is easier to use and you get the same result. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Next gun we're going to talk about is a shotgun that's kind of risen to some fame this season. It's getting a lot more love, and I think it's partially because of the removal of the Peacekeeper, and that is the EVA 8. Uh, and so the EVA 8 is just a beautiful shotgun, you know, has the ability to throw the double tap on there, and it can be quite, quite deadly in that close range engagement. And we'll see it a lot in the ranked, and you see it a lot in the global series as well. Uh, people are really liking this EVA this season for sure. Yeah, it's really an amazing weapon, to be honest. I have not always been the biggest shotgun supporter, just because shotguns in Gibraltar don't really mix. Yeah. Uh, but now that I'm playing a little bit more Lifeline and messing around with Bloodhound and smaller legends that can kind of get close and move and use shotguns, really like the EVA. Um, kind of some things to know is that every shot of the EVA uh, has eight pellets. Um, and kind of almost a diamond circle pattern. It's, mm -hmm. it's really tight. It's not the same as the Peacekeeper that's kind of like a star pattern. Yeah. Uh, it's more rhombus style. <laughs> um, but the tactical reload is uh, 2.75 seconds or three for the full reload. The damage per second is 126. Doesn't sound like much when mm -hmm. we're just coming from the Prowler and the R99 that have almost 200. Uh, DPS, but this is a shotgun. So it's like you round the corner, boom, you just did 126 in one second. It's kind of a lot. Now, this is with two shots per second using the double tap. And that's why it's on this, on this episode of kind of sleeper weapons, because if you can get the EVA with the double tap and maybe a purple shotgun bolt, maybe it is an incredible weapon. Essentially, if you only hit people in the body, which, you know, easy to do, not like a headshot, we're mm -hmm. not putting any high standards out there, <laughs> you can hit four shots in one and a half seconds and do over 200 damage. That's incredible. You know, to be able to two-tap somebody with the EVA 8, very useful. Yeah. It's a great gun, and I freaking love it. I've been using it a lot this season in general. And I think let's kind of talk about the next gun on this list because it's obviously the direct comparison and that is the Mastiff, the other shotgun. Uh, Mastiff, you know, new to this uh, loot pool and that it's not a uh, care package weapon anymore. A lot more common and we're seeing it used a lot more. Very different gun to the EVA in general. Um, but the Mastiff has some very, very, very fun data behind it and can be very successful as well. Yeah, kind of overall Mastiff, uh, people are kind of not giving it enough love, honestly. Yeah. You know, well, now that it's replaced the Peacekeeper mm -hmm. and it's kind of the main shotgun in the game, people have not really welcomed it with open arms as maybe we have or maybe you should. Um, essentially, it has an eight pellet, pellet horizontal spread um, with a tactical reload of one second or a full reload of 1.7 seconds. Um, damage per second on the Mastiff is 104 to the body, um, which is pretty good, but that's accounting for all eight pellets hit. So don't come after us saying that, you know, the Mastiff only did four, 14 bullets or four, 14 damage. That's because you didn't hit all the pellets or you only hit one pellet. So if you can get all those pellets on somebody, it's 104 damage to the body. Very interesting, um, to look at. That means that the time... Uh, to kill is two body shots uh, mm -hmm. or one second, uh, which is pretty exciting. Really, the comparison here to the Peacekeeper is that 
the Mastiff, uh, now, you know, now that it's on the ground and it's been changed from a, a gold care package weapon, it is much more a traditional shotgun. This is only to be used at close range. Uh, the max headshot range is 1,500 pixels. To compare that to the Peacekeeper, Peacekeeper almost has 4,000 pixels of range for a headshot. Mm-hmm. So it's much longer range, more than twice the range as the Mastiff. Um, but if you're using the Mastiff how it's supposed to be used at that close range where you can hit all, all eight pellets, you're able to knock somebody with two shots in about a second and seriously have some success. Yeah, Mastiff late game plus caustic equals a dub. Like, it is a beautiful weapon. And, you know, it's not the PK. Very different, as Henry was saying. It does some, does some serious work, though. And now we're going to get into my favorite, favorite gun in the game right now. And that is the Hemlock. So, heavy gun, assault rifle, three-round burst uh, with the ability to hop it into single fire. I love this gun so much. Um, it really, really shreds people. I put it up there with the wingman when I use it. Like, I have a tough decision be- t- deciding between those two. Um, but yeah, let's dive into those stats. Yeah, so mag size is 18 to 30 shots in a mag with a purple extended. Uh, reload time is 2.4 to 2.85. Damage per second is 180. Um, this is very nice. Uh, this is something that I don't think a lot of people know about the Hemlock, that it does really put out a lot of damage. The shots per second is 15, uh, but that's a bit misleading because when it's in that three-round burst, it really puts out a lot of shots. If you account for that delay in between the burst, it's 8.2 shots per second, or in single fire, it's 6.4. Single fire really is a lot faster nowadays. So if you haven't used the Hemlock in a while, um, in season four, it got a a big change to that rate of fire Mm -hmm. uh, while in single fire mode. it's, it's very fast. It feels very nice. Uh, but the time to kill is pretty interesting. 10 shots to the body. Um, that's 1.5, 1.15 seconds in burst mode or 1.41 seconds in single fire mode. Very fast time to kill for an assault rifle. But the most interesting thing here that I like is that you only have to hit 33% of your shots in order to one clip somebody with the yeah. hemlock. 10 shots out of that 30 mag size with a uh, purple extended we can do that yeah we can do 33 percent accurate see compare that to the r301 that maxes out a 28 round mag size with a purple extended has a dps of 189 just barely higher than the hemlock Mm -hmm. but the time to kill is 15 shots not 10 and you have to be 53.57% accurate to one-clip somebody. Yeah. R31 is a great gun, but very different from the Hemlock. And I am a Hemlock with a three-time scope on it is absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, let's get into the next gun, though. So the G7, very similar to the Hemlock in play style. And the reason these are in the slept on episode is because we still do not see enough people using them in public lobbies. You know, you only see these guns massively used once we're in those diamond lobbies. And so we want to really spread some attention to this because these guns do some serious damage and the G7 is freaking awesome. So take it away again, Henry. Yeah, this is a numbers heavy uh, podcast, but hopefully it's, it's getting you some value. 
First things first with the G7 is it's a 10 to 20 round mag size. That 20 round mag is pretty crazy. And the fact that a common extended mag for the G7 bumps it up to 15 from 10 just means that this is a gun that you don't need a lot of attachments on. Like it's pretty low entry in order to have a lot of reward out of. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the damage per second is a lot less than the Hemlock um, and the R301 at 136 uh, per second. The shots per second is four, and the time to kill is six body shots. Now, that can be done in one and a quarter seconds. But what I, again, think is so interesting is that if you have a purple extended mag on the G7, you only have to be 30% accurate to one-clip somebody with full purple armor. You really start stacking that against the R301, and you can have a lot of great results in a comparable time. You know, the time to kill um, with the R301 is 1.04 seconds. Mm -hmm. That is shorter than uh, the G7. That's one and a quarter. But you can be a lot less accurate and still get those kills. So interesting weapon to use. Something that I think is interesting about the game is that although it's been uh, transferred now to an assault rifle, used to be a sniper, yeah. it still has the sniper range on it. So it still has a 30,000 pixel mm-hmm. headshot range compared to what all the other assault rifles have that's less than 12,000 pixels. So you can still use this at incredibly long range and have great results um, and do a lot of damage and hit your shots. It's one of the best guns to couple with Evo armor for sure because you can really, really uh, hit people from range like you're saying. Let's get into the second tier now of our sleeper guns. And these are kind of the guns where it's like, we just kind of want to talk about them a little bit because we think they have their positives and they're looked at in a very negative light. Uh, The first of which being the RE45, which I love this gun right now. You know, RE45 and the fact that it's a pistol allows your movement speed when you're strafing and aiming down sights uh, to be incredibly, incredibly fast, even in comparison to the R99. And so this gun used at its best uh, can really, really uh, destroy. I would look at like a Jenks or a Zeus uh, YouTube video if you guys haven't uh, and see how they use it because it is next level and you know very hard to do it effectively, uh, but can be very, very deadly. Yeah, both the RE45 and the Alternator got s- slight buffs in Season 5 that really make them uh, much more competitive mm-hmm. uh, with the other guns in their class. Um, but kind of the facts uh, for the RE45 is it has a 16 to 25 round mag, um, which is pretty interesting. DPS is 143. Uh, definitely, you know, comparing these to shotguns is really interesting to do just because mm-hmm. they are those very, very close range weapons. Um, but the time to kill is 17 body shots, um, which is a lot, uh, to be honest. That pretty much requires you to be almost 70% accurate yeah. with a purple mag. Um, and that's kind of one of the big issues here with the RE45 is that you have to be really close. You have to be in, you know, you're competing against wingmen and mastiffs at this range. And that time to kill is just slightly uh, slower at over one second. Yeah. Um, And kind of that requirement to be hitting 17 bullets on target, even at close range uh, is pretty hard to do, but it's really close, Mm -hmm. you know, at a time to kill of 1.1 seconds, that stacks up against the Eva and the Mastiff. Um, and so it can be done and it should be done. And the fact that you can strafe a lot faster with the RE45 uh, than, you know, SMGs or 
uh, assault rifles, you can have some pretty nice stuff yeah. with the RE45, uh, along with the fact that the reload speed is incredibly fast. You mm-hmm. know, a second and a half to do a tactical reload um, can definitely make the difference compared and to other weapons. It's got the best inspect in the game outside it of the does. wingman, maybe. Like, it's got a really good inspect on it. And so I would recommend uh, doing that a couple of times if you pick up an RE45. You got to check that out for yeah. sure. Next gun is the alternator, you know, kind of like the little brother to the R99. Um, we're not going to try and sit here and say that you should uh, pick up the alternator over an R99 or something, uh, but we just want to bring to your attention that it can still be an effective gun and that there's some good data behind it as well. Absolutely. You know, with the RE45 and the alternator, their damage per second is less than the R301 or the R99. For the alternator, it's 150, um, and the shots per second is 10 with a time to kill of 14 body shots or 1.3 seconds. Much slower weapon than uh, the R99 or R301. Um, And you're going to have to be over 50% accurate to one-clip somebody with a purple mag. Um, To be honest with you, I actually kind of like the alternator. It is slower, so Mm -hmm. I feel that I'm more accurate with it just because it's easier to control. And with the barrel stabilizer, I think I can get the job done. but, you know, something that Shay and I wanted to mention on this episode as we're talking about slept on weapons, but the fact that at these higher tiers of competitive play, if you are grinding on ranked, you're competing with better weapons. The point to say the RE45 and the Alternator are decent guns that are slept on is that you can use them. You know, in general public lobbies, you can use them and have great success. Um, and I think that's, that's what we have to say about those. Yeah. It's funny because we just got an Instagram comment and I'm reading it right now from Audacious Hat 99 and I think he worded this beautifully and I think we just got to say it right now. The day you sleep on any weapon is the day you regret this game. Every weapon can be useful in the right hands on Apex. Absolutely. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. You know, the weapons are really balanced right now Mm -hmm. and bringing some light to weapons that you don't use so much is important. Yeah. You should be using the Havoc. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is a big time weapon. Yeah. Let's get into the last tier though. We're going to move through this one a little bit more quickly and kind of talk about the LMGs and talking about the L-Star and the Spitfire. Two very different guns and how they work. Um, just from the L-Star not having a mag essentially and really having that uh, overheat time that it has to focus on and the Spitfire being a little bit lower on that DPS than it used to be. Yeah. L-Star is really an interesting uh, weapon to look at um, just because you can fire about 24, 25 shots uh, before it overheats, and then you have a 3.26 second reload time. Very long, can definitely uh, catch you out to dry, but the DPS on the L-Star is 180. That is very, very, very high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Um, shots per second is about 10, meaning that the time to kill is 12 body shots which is 1.1 second. You can fry people with this weapon at close range. Um, It just is a little bit of a risk, to be honest. You know, Um, you have to be 50% accurate with that kind of phantom mag size that we're saying that you have about 24 shots, even Mm -hmm. though it doesn't have a mag size before it overheats. If you're feathering that trigger like you should, you should never overheat it, in theory. Um, But if you hit 12 body shots in 1.1 seconds... That is a, a knock of a 200 health person, and all you have to do is be 50% accurate. Yeah. Weaknesses of the L-Star, why people don't like it, 
muzzle flash is a huge, huge problem with it. Definitely. You know, um, it's hard to hit those shots on target. But if you can, you are looking at a one second time to kill. Definitely. And that is valuable. Talking about the Spitfire, completely different from the L-Star. They're both uh, light machine guns, but the Spitfire has a mag size of 35 to 55. This is a traditional LMG. Lots of bullets to spend. Also has a very long reload at 2.8 seconds with a tactical reload, uh, 3.3 seconds as a full reload. Still shorter than uh, the L-Star getting overheated, or about the same as the L-Star overheated, uh, but the DPS is a lot less, uh, 162. Shots per second is also slower than the L-Star at 9, but the time to kill is the same with 12 body shots. It just, because of the rate of fire, takes a bit longer at 1.2 seconds. Yeah. Thing about the Spitfire, though, is because of the massive, massive mag size, you only have to be 20% accurate to one-clip somebody. So this is a a weapon that, you know, newer players can use and be effective with, um, and you don't really need a ton of accuracy to knock people with it. Thing is about it is both these weapons have a headshot range of 2,500 pixels, so they're not long-range guns, as Mm -hmm. you may assume from other games or real life, I'm not quite sure. Um, (laughs) But like the LMGs are pretty much close range weapons. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of why they get slept on a bit because you're competing against Mastiffs at that point. And it's just, it's just hard to compare. Definitely hard to compare at that point. Quick little honorable mention to the P2020 with some hammer point action on it. Do you have any like quick stats you want to highlight there before we move through it? Yeah, the thing is, P2020 has a a purple mag size of 18 shots. Um, It does 13 damage to the body, um, but with hammer point, it does 37. Big Uh, difference. So, like, when they're just at health, that's a three times multiplier on the damage, um, meaning that normally the time to kill is 16 shots, um, or almost three seconds. If you have the hammer point, you take off that armor first, and then you're doing three times more damage to the health, uh, then you only have to hit 11 shots, and 2.3 seconds. Um, really hard to pull that off. You have to be 88% accurate. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compete with the wingman, um, but can be a very fun secondary to be able to you know, quickly swap to it after you knock off their armor and finish them off. Yeah, it can be a good gun at times. And, you know, it's just fun though to use for sure. And it's got some good skins. Um, we really wanted to recommend the Mozambique as a slept on weapon, but just couldn't unfortunately after yeah. looking at all the data like april fools fools mozambique i would recommend that Very gun to everybody weapon. yeah but definitely uh it just doesn't uh class up with it's anybody too slow even and, with the hammer point yeah. too slow and the and the max size too slow it's yeah. too small and everybody you know like response talked about how they want tiered weapons they don't want every gun to be able to be exactly the same but I hope you guys took away a little bit from that slept on weapon segment, learned a little bit about the guns that you may not have used as much and uh, how you, they can be effective and the situations in which they uh, are best used. And so let's get into our drop together segment for the day. So this is from Robot Baller 64 and he's a Bangalore main place uh, two to three bang- hours. Bangalore main place two to three hours per day. He just recently started the rank grind. And he says that we're keeping ranked fun from him through the podcast. Really appreciate that. We love that. And the last time we heard from him, he was in Gold 1, looking for some teammates on Xbox. The gamer tag is RobotBaller64. I will have that in the description below for you guys. With that, though, 
Let's get into the questions for the day. First question is coming from Very Good. I love Apex, but how can I get high kill and damage games? Great question. You know, keep listening to the podcast. You know, we give these <laughs> tips on what weapons to use, Subscribe what legends to use. Subscribe to Patreon, you know, get some extra tips on there. <laughs> yeah, our first uh, exclusive episode on the Patreon will be uh, team compositions. Mm-hmm. So kind of trying to stack up your team as a solo, as a non-partied or a partied team. Uh, is definitely a huge tip uh, to getting high kill and damage games. Um, so, you know, feel free to check that out if you're interested. Uh, but I think the biggest advice for this is play conservative. You know, don't take fights that you aren't going to win mm-hmm. and try to survive until those last games. And if you can close out those end rings, you're going to get some kills and you're going to get some wins. Yeah. You're not going to get high kill games if you're dead, unfortunately. I wish you could be dead and, you know, kill people. So staying alive, surviving, picking your fights and, you know, being uh, aggressive when it's called for. And for high damage in general, you know, grab a charge rifle on World's Edge and just laser people. Next question is coming from Alpaco, five-star review. I love the reworked Mirage, but whenever I use Emergency Dance Party, the enemy is always able to pick me out from the decoys. How do I stop that? Great question. You know, Mirage has its weaknesses with those footsteps. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, having the weapon and shooting it while the decoys are out definitely gives you away. Um, Jay, you want to give him some tips? Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Mirage, and, you know, the first thing, hopefully we'll go into it deeper on Mastering the Legend segment, but you got to not play the smartest with him. Like, you cannot uh, activate the ultimate and then run at somebody. If you're activating the ultimate, you got to run to the left, run to the right, run away. Like, start jumping around. Just be confusing as heck. That's really, you got to play the kit in a very uh, non-conventional way. And using it inside is also another uh, bet. It's very, very hard to tell which one is the real one if you're using it inside. And don't really use it as that escape ability. Uh, Just because if you use it as the escape ability, they know which direction you're going. It's very easy to tell and guess at that point. Um, Using it aggressive and quote unquote, like just being an an idiot when you try and use it. Like it's it's tough and have to be unpredictable is the thing like. It's, it's hard to use, hard to master. Uh, we'll definitely be doing more of a deep dive at a later date. For sure. Next question is coming from M. Mule on Twitter. In Apex, my main is Bloodhound, and I really enjoy using him. I know he is known as one of the easier slash starter legends, and I consider myself a pretty decent player. Should I move on to a different legend because Bloodhound is considered a legend for people who aren't as good at the game or just new? Question mark. Thank you. So... I really like this question. We threw this in one in yeah. here. Um, I think that I don't personally have any uh, perceived notion that there are quote unquote starter legends and people that like uh, aren't as valued right now and looked at as like newbie legends in a way. Yeah. Um, I think the big takeaway here though is play whoever you want to play. Like the legends are all so balanced right now. Um, I really personally believe that you can play any legend you want and won't be restricted uh, by tiers until you maybe get into that diamond two, diamond one, like ranked competitive play. Um, and so, you know, play who you enjoy. And something I've learned is I bounced around a lot from playing different legends last season. And this season, I really locked in on just playing Loba and Mirage essentially. And I feel like I've felt improvement because I understand and know that kit. So, Play who you want and stick with it for sure. And 
I don't think people will ever perceive it in that way at all. Yeah. Mule, great question. You know, it makes me kind of sad that you want to leave your, your main because you think that mm-hmm. people don't appreciate it. I love Bloodhound. Bloodhound's really yeah. useful for the team. Great legend to play. Um, I think that you should stick with your main. And if you're still having success with it and having fun with it, I think any legend is very viable right now. Exactly. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please check out the Patreon. Uh, the first episode was already live. A uh, great one on team composition. Please leave a five-star review with your question. We'll make sure to answer it on the next podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. We try to interact with all y'all on there. Thank you for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>